Welcome to The Spiritual Awakener, where you'll hear everyday people's stories of their awakening moments that led them to work with you, the collective. Now here's your host, Susan Kennard. Hi, and welcome to The Spiritual Awakener. I'm Susan Kennard, and I'm so pleased that you've found this podcast. This is a podcast where you will get to meet, listen to, and understand everyday people like me and you who have had amazing experiences that have been a spiritual awakening, a turning point in their life, or just something that has led them to realize there was so much more than they thought they were. I talk to people who now serve the collective, you and me. So let's have fun today as I introduce my special guest, Mike Erend. Is that how I say it, Mike? I usually say Erend, but Erend is fine too. Ah, see, it's a whole American English thing when I get called Kennard and it's Kennard. So Erend, is that how I say it, Erend? absolutely. Brilliant. We've got to get the vibration right. Okay. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on The Spiritual Awakener. It's great to have you. Thank you. So tell us about your turning point or your spiritual awakening that led you to be who you are today. Well, I guess I had kind of had inklings. Uh, I worked many years in, in the trades. I was a power engineer and millwright, and I had little inklings that uh, perhaps I wanted to pursue some kind of uh, theological career, even as I my boys grew up, uh, taking them to church and all sorts of things. But it just seemed to me um, that was such a confining circumstance within the uh in any kind of some kind of religion yeah. aspect more, yeah. more than and then i uh um went through a number of changes uh workplace injuries and i ended up uh, wow. working uh, as a real estate agent actually and um, i went to a seminar and a gentleman that was up there speaking mentioned a number of different books that he enjoyed and that uh, we should read as well and, and ah. i i took him to task and and uh, got a few of those, and uh, he, he was uh, definitely coming at things with a spiritual slant too. So oh, that was great. wow! But so so was we, that in the sense of the real estate manifesting, kind of like was it kind of creating with the universe rather than seeing God as an entity outside of us? Was, was that, that's how religion yeah. can come across, can't it? You know, it, it, yeah. exactly. So it, it it came across in that fashion where it was more of whatever you it's a, you know the higher power, but you know mm-hmm. it's not the label of of God, which can be a little bit conflicting sometimes because mm. people have their own view on what God is. So when yes. you use the word God, Absolutely. suddenly it's what they perceive. So it's, sometimes it's nicer just to use a, a broader aspect of that. Yeah, yeah. It's and what do you same. use? What do you say? Also, I, I like I like to say the universe the for same. sure. People understand that very easily. Yeah. So, um, I usually use that, but you know, you can call it anything you want. It's just labels, really. Right. I know. It's a perception, isn't it? So if, yeah. if the perception is universe, soul consciousness, expansive, whatever it is, or God, if it helps somebody to understand that they are so much more than this physical body, then that's, that's oh, the ab- job done. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, innately, I think all of us, even the, the most diehard atheist or non-believer of any sort, has that feeling inside there's something else that you know, created me. It's not just, you know, what, what's keeping my heart beating and my fingernails growing and my hair growing, like that's all happening. Yes. Um, so, I mean, and even those folks, you know, in the, in a time of dire struggle or near death, I mean, they're yeah. like, 
God, give me this one more chance. You know? I know, right? So, and at so, the moment, honestly, Mike, with yeah. you know, with the the climate, I mean, we just connected at the New Media Summit, didn't we, in America, in San Diego? And yeah. I feel like while we were in that conference, while we were in the summit, everyone was in that pure. I definitely noticed it, pure consciousness of love, which is kind of how we are anyway, you know, when we work that way. Definitely. But outside of that, there's there's a huge amount of worry and fear and confusion. Oh, and people are ill. And I would imagine people are reaching out to a higher power for support and for, you know, Save yeah. me, a save oh, yeah. me type yeah. feeling. Yeah. So people have that in, uh, inside them anyway. I think we know that innately that there, there is something else, not just uh, our physical bodies that then we decompose mm. and die and never to come again sort of thing. But that might be for a different discussion. But uh, as I continued reading some of them. <laughs> <laughs> but people listening to this will have been drawn to this, Mike, because, you know, the spiritual awakener is really, oh, I want to hear about people awakening spiritually, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and, and as I continued to read some of those books that that gentleman had uh, mentioned to me, yeah, uh, I started to open up more. And it, it grew and grew. And I, and I found myself going from uh, a stage in my life. I was probably 46-ish at the time. Uh-huh. But, I, but I found myself going from a phase of ambition to meaning. So I was, yeah. you know, as we men generally are earlier in our lives, you know, we've, uh, we've got to get, uh, you know, got to get educated, got to get the school, got to get the job, got yeah. to get the wife, got to get the car, got to get the kids, <laughs> those, you know, and that's the ambition phase. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I think most of us at some point realize that, you know, there's less days in front of the horse than behind the cart. And mm-hmm. um, what have I actually done in my life? that has meaning to me, you know, and uh, what would I like to leave as a legacy, you know, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So I started having thoughts like that. I was no longer really the person I was before. I had, uh, sometimes I was uh, a little quicker to, to anger or, um, you know, just act out a little bit differently. So I wasn't like that anymore. And my wife at the time noticed that, of course. um, (laughs) What do you think for people listening that may have this feeling that, you know, they might be quite successful, but they might still have this kind of anger, sort of like a volcano. The, the guides are sort of showing me like a visual here, like a volcano inside of them. What would mm-hmm. you say? So what was it that actually helped you? What do you think it was that helped you stop feeling that way? Well, I, I, I did some um, some uh, what the, some people call shadow work. And I, I, I pretended my brain was the master commander of my entire body and my spirit. And I called the the master commander spoke to anger. So we have different facets in our body. And one of them Mm. is is anger. And it's worked surprisingly well. So it just kept (laughs) anger wouldn't respond for a while, right? Because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, And this is all happening. You know, and I'm a third person observer watching this. Yeah. Uh Right. And then anger started to respond. Well, what, what do you want, Master Commander? Like, leave me alone. I'm, I'm busy, you know. And then finally, uh, who got him to release the anger? Why are you so mad? Like, why are you so yeah. ticked off at people and all these little things? And after that, whenever I started to get angry, I was able to 
really uh, move out of my body and stand next to myself, look back at myself wow. and say, okay, relax. Why are you getting so angry? What happened? Well, this person just cut me off in their car. Yes. And you're still driving your car. You're still fine. You've got your seatbelt on. Everything's perfect. Alive, you're yeah. on your way. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I was almost able to, you know, analyze myself in that aspect to 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 help control that so after a while that just of course that comes doesn't it from you know i do a lot of inner child work with people and it comes from you know today's never about today is it mike you know what what we feel in today is never about today even though there's only now playing out in our world it's like the parts of us that have experienced something whether it's this life previous lives whatever it might be that's what's showing up isn't it Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, human beings are uh, unique in in the world, animal world, and that we're the ones that can feel the feelings and have the thoughts that bring back feelings. Yes. You know, how many years have passed? Yes. And when when you feel them, it's just like it happened. Absolutely. That's the trigger. And that's what people experience, don't they? At the moment with this corona aspect going on, you know, this this event that's happening in the world is bringing up everyone's fear. And Mm -hmm. probably some of that fear is from, you know, other people's fear, not even their fear. And it's just held with them. Yeah, it's a perception. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Fear is uh, is huge. Fear is just the, uh, the opposite spectrum of love. You know, Absolutely, they're, they're, yeah. they're on the same same rope mm. almost. You know, they're yeah. opposite ends though. Mm. So fear is love because people are fearing something that they're going to lose or or, or whatever's going to happen to them. Yes. So, but they they love themselves so much that they don't want to lose that or whatever. Yes. So that brings up. Oh, I love that actually. That's a really good take on it because actually, when people are in fear, maybe this is really good because what people can do is they can say, "Oh my goodness." Why am I afraid? Well, because I love my child so much or my dog or I love my mother so much or I love myself so much. Oh, my goodness, I don't want to die. Okay, I love myself so much. That completely, I love that because that completely just in that moment transforms someone's fear because Mm -hmm. they're focusing on the love vibration. I really love that. Absolutely. And it it goes deeper than that if you allow me Mm. just to go a little further. Yeah. It's even people that we, uh, as a society, don't condone what they do. For example, you know, uh, terrorists or just people that treat people badly, you know, perhaps even the, the person that mistreats their wife or children, mm-hmm. or it goes mm-hmm. on and on to people, murderers, all that sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. They're actually acting out of love because it's, it's fear. So what makes them feel so badly or love something, what makes them love something so much, they have to act out in that fear that yeah. they won't get that love, right? So it's yeah. it's really love-based, and it's mm. uh, obviously I don't condone any of those actions or, no, or, just, or anything like that. And just for the purpose of the podcast, right? You're not, no. con- you're not condoning that because you're coming from a place of love to help people to understand that really love and fear is one and the same. And, and that's it, you know, it's not forgiveness anymore. We don't have to mm. forgive people. We have to understand them, understand mm. why uh, they're doing, where they were coming from. And then obviously we don't condone it. We don't uh, mm. want other people to do that. But we yeah. have, those people are actually the people that need the most help. Yes. Um, it's, it's tough to give it to them. You know, I, mm. I'm certainly no psychologist or expert uh, in order to do that. 
But if we can understand that that's where they're coming from, mm. then it helps us not outright hate them and want mm. to destroy them and kill them, you know, because they killed somebody else, perhaps. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's just another uh, outlook to yes, absolutely. And I am a psychologist, but yeah. I still, but I still think, <laughs> and, and a trauma specialist, but I still think that people struggle with, um, especially paedophiles. And you know, when I work with people, they're like, "Well, how can anyone possibly do that?" But of course, we've got to look at the bigger picture of karmically as well what's going on you know we've got to look at our past lives you know if people believe in that but we've got to look at what we've brought in with us to heal in this lifetime so it's a really you know beautiful relationship with who we are isn't it Mm. coming from a place of love yeah and that's yeah it seems complex but it's simple too yeah and that's all it is really all 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 about love because love is all there is yeah and that's who we are and what we are and what awaits us and where we came from. Yeah, and, and and we chose to experience this physical, you know, this physical jacket, didn't we? Yeah. To yeah. experience emotion, you know, attraction, to be able to create, to be able to have fun in this world, mm-hmm. you know, which you and I have fun with, you know, we have great fun. And I want everyone to have the same. You know, I want everyone to feel that we can create, we can manifest, we can serve by being in that space of knowing that we're all the same, that we're Absolutely. all connected. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So carry on. So kind of getting back to um, my transition point. Mm. So my wife didn't enjoy who I was becoming. <laughs> because, well, you're not, you're not the old person I knew because uh, we had been high school sweethearts. So oh, she wow. knew me yeah. for a very long time. Mm. At that point, we were married just about 26 years. So, you know, she knew me pretty well, and now she didn't recognize this guy. Mm. So I think that made her fearful, right? yeah. too. Uh, of losing you. That's right. That's what am I losing? Mm. You know, mm. I just, you know, she didn't, didn't want me to be in real estate at all. She just, you know, just stay at a job, get a good pension so we can retire. And I'm saying, boring, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. That's, yeah. that's not within me. I, I, I want to do mm. more. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we tried to uh, work that out. And, 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 you know, I said, you know, it's going to be a heck of a ride. Why don't you come with me and all those sorts of things. Mm. In the end, it just, uh, I knew that where I wanted to go, the person I wanted to become, I couldn't do that with her anymore. Yeah. So, you know, it was nobody's, yeah. nobody's fault, you know, or anything mm-hmm. like that. Just grew differently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. we, we, we ended up uh, uh, separating. And uh, at the same time, I went through the death of my father who died of lung cancer. It was a long, wow. death, a painful, yeah. painful thing to watch. Yeah. Um, shortly thereafter, my mother got lung cancer. And wow. Yeah, 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 it wasn't wasn't a nice time. And then uh, she, uh, you know, she had lots of treatments, chemo and and radiation mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And she uh, recovered, but then it came back. And um, I thought, God, I hope she doesn't have to go through what my father went through. Yes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't long after, a few weeks after that, that she developed a lung infection, mm-hmm. and um, they couldn't stop it, and basically. You know, uh, yeah, we had to, she was on a ventilator and uh, uh, I have one sibling, a sister, and, um, you know, the doctor said, well, I think we should unplug that because there's nothing we can do for her anymore, you know. Yeah. Her, lung, her lungs are full and it's the only reason she's staying alive is the... Is the ventilator. So mm. I looked at my sister and she said, I, I can't make that decision. So mm. I just looked at the doctor and, and nodded and uh, 
You know, wow, uh, Mike, that's a really tough thing. And, and you know, there may be some people listening to this um, that, you know, especially because of a lot of people in sick at the moment, maybe having to go through that or soon to go yeah, through it, that. So I think it that's, was, it was thank really you for tough. sharing that. Yeah, it yeah. was really tough. No, and the doctor said mm. she'd you know probably pass away within a minute or so. Well, it took eight minutes, uh, but she was still breathing on her own. And um, oh, you know, gosh. we sung to her while she was uh, you know passing away in mm. front of her eyes, basically. Um, and uh, you know, I struggled with that for yeah. months yeah. and years afterwards. That you know, did I did I kill just kill my mother? You know, that's something that mm. I, I made the decision. Mm. Uh, obviously, you know, she wasn't going to get better. So uh, that needed to be made. However, mm. so you still have that little mm. feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, wow, you know, yeah. I did that, right? <laughs> you know, which yeah. wasn't fun either. And no. then, you know, I, because of my uh, uh, separation and subsequent divorce, um, mm. monetarily, things didn't go well for me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was uh, stuck on very, very little uh, money. And then, you know, I was making uh, over six figure, figures easily every year. Mm. Mm. Uh, now I was working, uh, uh, couldn't get a job. There's hardly any jobs around. And I had been out of the mm. trade for six years or so. And yeah. uh, a lot of folks that want to hire you. Oh, you oh, you haven't been working in six years? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And then now I was 48, I think. And already people were... Uh, uh, you look so young, Mike. You look so young. <laughs> For the purpose of the audio and people listening, you know, on their podcasts, he looks so young. Go well, to my YouTube channel and watch this video. <laughs> next month, actually. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so when I was uh, 48, I already found that people were looking at my resume saying, yeah, you're too old, which surprised me. Because yeah. I, didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, then my uh, my uh, dog that had been with me, you know, as I went to sleep in people's couches and basements and stuff like that, mm -hmm. uh, whoever would take me in, had been with me the whole time. I became ill, and oh, uh, my gosh. I didn't have the wherewithal to continue mm -hmm. lots of treatments with her. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to do exploratory surgery, and she was an eleven-year-old Rottweiler and. Mm -hmm. uh, lovely dog and uh i just i couldn't afford to do that so ended up putting her down and uh i took her to my friend's cottage and buried her there where we uh where we used to hang out quite a bit and i couldn't believe you know that my best friend that was just alive an hour ago i was shoveling dirt on her you know mm. it's just such a you know, I, just, I really went down in the deep mm. into some depression after that. Mm. And I started to wonder, like, who am I? Like, who yeah. is this Mike Oren guy? And why is yeah, he yeah. here? Um, maybe the world be, would be better without me sort of thing. Um, you know, I never made any plans for my own demise. But uh, I certainly had thoughts of maybe, maybe mm. it would be better if I just wasn't around anymore. You know? I, yeah, you know, yeah. I and, I, and I think that a lot of people listening to this you know may have felt like that at some point in their life and sure. or maybe feeling that at some point in their life so tell so move on to say really who you are now and how you've reinvented <laughs> reinvented yourself and how you help people transform their lives I just want to conclude the other if that's okay yeah. just one other point um as I I think maybe I mentioned to you once before, but 
I was uh, after that, and I started a meditation practice and reading more books, and I really came out uh, again and and felt yeah. really uplifted. Yeah. And I was walking one morning. I now I was working somewhere, so every mm. morning I took an early morning walk, and uh, I was walking down the road, and I thought I saw a lump of clothes on the side of the road, but it was actually a person as I walked up to them. And like their shirt was untucked, pants were undone, no shoes, no socks, like total, mm. total mess. And and this is the weather that you probably want to have a jacket on, you know, it was a little cooler. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I shook the gentleman and uh, it was a young, young fella. And he finally woke up and he was obviously been into whatever he was partying or who he was partying with the night before he was yeah. still recovering from that. And so I, uh, I, I tried to, you know, like, what's your name and uh, where do you live? And I found out his name is Travis. And he lived on the opposite side of town. And he uh, had been partying, obviously. And I asked him, have you got a cell phone, Travis? And he said, no. I said, well, and I brought mine with me that morning because normally I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't like to take that with me, you know, and I had it with me. And I uh, said, okay, I'm going to call you a cab. So I called a cab and I said, well, how long? I got his address and I said, how much to get to that place? Mm-hmm. And they said, $20. And I said, okay. So I asked Travis, you got any money, Travis? No. Right. And then I checked my wallet and I had $20 bill in it. Wow. Which I, heard, I hardly ever carried. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Norm- around here, we usually use a lot of debit and I didn't uh, yeah. carry much cash. Anyway, not that I had a lot of cash at that point, but still, um, mm-hmm. I happened to have the correct change, right? So I reached down and gave, uh, and, and gave him the $20. And he just looked up at me like, um, you know, the, the great sea had parted, you know, like, yeah, well, I yeah. can't believe you're being so kind to me. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, the cab came, we got him in the cab and they pulled away. And I walked away from that. And then I just, just the, like the dam open, I just started flooding with tears like it wasn't crying like you know normally when you cry it's a little bit yeah comes in waves like i walked for blocks and it was just pouring pouring out and i couldn't believe source within you yeah yeah that i that i had that i had shown so much unconditional love for this person that i never met before that probably previously in my life i would have walked right by So that was a that was a huge turning point for me, and I still wow. remember that day. It was May twenty fourth, and I I keep it on my calendar as Travis Day. Travis because later, Day. Yeah. Later on, I, I I thought about well, that was almost like me looking in a mirror and and me laying on the side of the road, totally disheveled, needing yes. help, out of luck, and that's where I would be or become if yes. I didn't do something with my life. Yes. If I didn't move forward, you know, so it, it was a real turning, turning point for me. And wow. I, I decided then that what I had to do was help others become, you know, their greatest versions as much as I could possibly do. Yeah. Wow. So that was a huge turning point there. So uh, then we can segue more into uh, what. Yeah, that, that, I mean, and also they say our um, teacher appears when we're ready and in a way that Travis was your teacher, right? Oh, if from oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. And I found out uh, a few days later from my neighbor that somebody had knocked on their door because I live in a basement apartment on the next house, mm-hmm. and they uh, had knocked on their door, and it was him. He said that they said this guy was just wandering around like he could hardly walk, 
and that's how close he got to me. So I, I think we were really a vibrational match. Yeah, somehow. yeah, yeah. I, and that's a great point. But he couldn't yeah. find he couldn't find me. But I no. found him in the morning. You know. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. It was quite meaningful. All that right. is so meaningful and it and for you know anyone listening like you know it doesn't mean you have to go and give money to people on the street if you don't feel it but if something happens within you and you feel so called and so drawn then just follow it because there'll be something else calling you and the fact that you had the 20 dollars in your wallet you had your phone with you which you never carry you must be one of the weirdest people not to carry your phone everywhere, right, Mike? <laughs> but <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> part of my quiet time, I didn't want to. Yeah, no. I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, but to have money, I mean, very rarely do I carry cash on me, right? It's always my debit card. And uh, much to my children's uh, upset when they want to pop yes. to the local shop and get sweets or whatever it is, you know, I was like, oh, you got some cash? No. <laughs> but yeah, so moving on. So, so. I know you as the soul mechanic. So can you sort of tell people about what that means, how you help them and how they can reach you? Sure. So, yeah, I developed the kind of a persona uh, called soul mechanic, mainly because I was in the industrial mechanic world earlier. And then also um, I feel I can help people come from a a perspective of healing their soul, uh, which is so important. So I can also be a mechanic on the souls as well. Yeah, so it's kind of a double meaning there. And I uh, I started a, a company called Infinite Success Academy. And uh, people can go to infinitesuccessacademy.com if they'd like. I have different programs there. One of them is Infinite Possibilities, which is my life coaching program. So it helps you uh, discover who you really are, why you're here, what happens when you die, where we go when we die, you know, how, how we can celebrate, celebrate death now while we're alive. And actually, you know, because if we, if we understand that, we can understand our purpose for life. If we're afraid right. of that, then that's that fear thing again, right? So then we're, yeah. we can't live fully because we're afraid of dying. So there's, there's many th- aspects of that, of course. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. actually, uh, uh, well, you could probably do it in, in an eight-hour day if you were at a, you know, a conference or something like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I usually teach that over eight weeks. So like yeah. that sort of thing. I like uh, eight because eight's infinity. That's how I run my courses. Eight weeks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Infinity. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was in the uh, in the sales world for a while there, I developed systems to move forward very quickly because within two yeah. years, I was uh, uh, within the top 6% of all realtors in Canada. So I did very well in a short period of time, mainly due to the systems I had developed. And so I do have another course called Natural Achievement Coaching, yeah. which is mainly sales oriented for, for you know realtors, car salespeople, mm-hmm. uh, financial advisors, um, that the kind of thing that is a little bit more in direct sales because yeah. that's, the, that's the logical side of my mind, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the lefty bit, the lefty bit, and the right bit. From the left over from the engineering side, mm-hmm. that you know I still enjoy some of. Some of that. But it's good to serve, you know, the collective, right? And and whatever gets drawn to you. So this is really good. So basically, if you if you're really wanting to kind of find who you are, you have courses and programs and yourself, of course, to help that. But also, yes. if you just really want to tweak your business or learn more about sales or 
be more financially kind of attracting to abundance Absolutely. even if you don't want to look at what your true soul's mission is right. yeah that'll come later anyway <laughs> um you can you can go on and do that as a first step can't you well yeah so it's like courses actually complement mm, each other because yes. it's also spiritually based as in you know okay. developing your future vision what do you want to go for you know and goals you know people always set goals set goals set goals which is fine because on the short term but yeah. what's your future vision for five years ten years and it should be grandiose it should be so yeah. darn big that you get up in the morning excited about it yeah which we, do, which we do which we do yes <laughs> so it should be yeah. big, almost unattainable right yeah. then you move backwards and you set you know, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly goals yeah. in order to attain that. So that's, yeah. you know, how, how you move forward with it. Yeah. And that, and that's definitely really important. I think, you know, people think, well, how can I possibly, and you think, well, what if you could possibly, mm. right? How would it feel if you could possibly, right? Right. And that, you know, that's really important for people because especially in this climate at the moment, people are quite narrowly energetically focused. Yes. And so we need to expand that focus, don't we? We need to expand that focus because actually our soul has that focus already. It's already Absolutely. there. Yeah. We just forgot sometimes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, definitely. And, that, and yeah. that's the whole thing, uh, you know, moving from ambition to meaning. It's also about meaning what your what your soul wants, your soul's desire. You know, yeah, what, exactly. they, the soul has a desire to do do and be everything it, it can while here in, in you know, in the, in the physical realm of the physical. But yeah. we deny that a lot of times and then we end yeah. up with a life that's, uh, you know, not pleasing to us because we're just trying to please other people. Or yeah. you know, uh, society, and yeah. do things a certain way because we were you know exposed to certain beliefs and perceptions. And yeah. if we just wanted to tweak them a little, we could do a little bit more for ourselves. It doesn't have to be a, a whole heart culture change like for me with uh, separation and divorce. That doesn't have to happen. No. You can do you know you can do small things, but at that point in time, it just wasn't working between her soul and my soul. Right. That's and you were just, you know, the thing is, I, I believe reason, season, lifetime. Right. And what is a lifetime anyway? But you, you know, a reason, always a reason why you have someone in your life. Always, 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 because you will be that vibrational match. And yeah. then season will depend on if you vibrationally match all the way through. That's yeah? right. And if you vibrationally don't, it's because that person needed to be with somebody else of a vibrational match, which was different. Yeah. And so. That's something for people to think about, isn't it? That, you know, they might be in a um, relationship or job or a situation. Is it really feeding your soul? Is it a vibrational match? Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. only for you, but for those others that are involved. So actually yeah. by taking that step forward, you're actually saying, I'm giving that freedom to that person, that situation as well. So you're giving right. your freedom to you, but you're giving your freedom so that they can be the best version of themselves, right? Well, exactly. And as we mm. spoke about before, it's, love is not uh, needing someone, right? So yes, that's, we did. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, you know, and a lot of people have uh, love is, uh, well, I'll love you if you take the garbage out tonight. Yeah. I'll, I'll love you. We withhold our love mm. because we want, we have expectations of people yeah. to yeah. do things for us. And if yeah. they don't do it, we will start to withhold our love as punishment. Well, is that really true love? Like you have to search your yeah. soul, that, right? So maybe you're in a relationship of convenience, and you know what? That works sometimes. You yeah, know, two, it depends on what you want. Together, 
sometimes to yeah. a common common goal, whatever that happens to be. But if you search your soul and what your soul's desire is, you'll find that you're probably not in the right spot. But, yes. you know, everybody has, has their own way of finding that out. And I met your really lovely partner at the um, conference last week. And I was like, oh, she's just got such a lovely energy. And the, and the two of you match so well. So it was like, oh, I can just see this like energetic, you know, spark. So that was really oh, lovely. Yeah, it's definitely a yeah. good match together. So yeah. that's wonderful. I was very well, Mike, so just once again, tell people how they can get hold of you, um, your website and other details. Yes, my uh, main website is micaren.com. So uh, M-I-K-E-A-R-E-N-D.com. Um, you can even link to my other Infinite Success Academy website from there. I do have a, I'll just hold it up quickly. Just yeah. <gasps> Ooh, you're the one. Move your finger, move your finger. Yeah, you're the one. Wow. Everyone feel that. You're the one, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one. Yeah. It looks a little thick, but there's two books in it. Well, it's a trilogy. I'm writing the third one now. I'm about 57,000 words into the third one. So it's a action-adventure book, but it's with spiritual messages inside because I felt I mean, that some of the spiritual stuff I read was, a, you know, honestly, as much excited as I was about to learn things, yeah. uh, it was still on, a little on the dry side. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. wanted to... You wanted the excitement and drama and that, that fun. That kept people turning the yeah. pages and moving along and then yeah. also with characters in there that, go to different dimensions but they find themselves again so they're um, woven into it which yes, is really beautiful yes, and that's absolutely. your that's your mechanic bit of you your yep. you know your soul part of you and your mechanic part of you which is the left brain and the right brain well we for might sure. see it that way and yeah. so for people you know people will be drawn to your vibrational energy because mm-hmm. of who you are so if you're listening to this and you feel drawn to Mike's energy which I'm sure you do please contact him. And I'm sure he, he will chat to you for 15 minutes or something if you aren't sure about what course, what might suit you. Is that okay, Mike? Yeah? Absolutely. They can oh, contact absolutely. you, email you. And the details will be also in the show notes on this podcast of how to contact Mike. So thank you so much for being here, Mike. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you have a spiritual awakening story or a turning point that you want to share with me and my listeners, I would love to hear from you. So find me at Susan Kennard, that's K-E-N-N-A-R-D.co.uk. And you can find me on Facebook, all the social media platforms. And so just think for a moment, what was the turning point in your life? And I look forward to hearing, seeing, and experiencing your stories. Much love for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Spiritual Awakener and being a part of our conversation. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get great information at susankennard.co.uk.